Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the NFT Pioneers. Today, I have a really special guest with me. It's Naif. He's the brand and marketing manager at Shell uh, at Doha in Doha, Qatar, and he worked with several big brands. And today we are going to talk about how things are, especially in the Middle East, and how he sees the development of NFTs and Web3. Welcome, Naif. Welcome, Brahim. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored. It's nice having you. Can you maybe quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you said, my name is Naif. I currently have been uh, living in Doha for the past uh, uh, eight years, nine years now. Before that, I've lived. Um, I've worked on in multiple places, of course. I've worked in the States where I also studied uh, marketing uh, with multiple uh, you know, multinational companies. Um, and then also... I was on the agency side. I'm now on the corporate side, like you'd mentioned with Shell for the past nine years. So, um, you know, it's, it's a bit all over the place, agency side, multinational side, but I bring a, 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 a I think, I, I would like to think it's a wealth of experience uh, from different parts of the world, different backgrounds and different uh, places. And um, yeah, recently with the, the NFTs, I'm just an enthusiast. I'm not like a, an expert by any means, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Which do you prefer more, working in corporations or with agencies? Honestly, uh, it's a good question. So agencies, you're always under pressure and you're basically mm -hmm. having to deliver. You have to work over hours. And it's great for somebody who's trying to build their career because you understand like how to basically think on your feet and be able to to come uh, to come uh, to come quickly with answers, mm -hmm. come up quickly with answers and deliver right but on the corporate side you, you are more controlling the budget you're, you're you're making the ask so i've actually learned that starting my experience starting as an agency you actually appreciate uh, the the working hard part mm -hmm. but if you actually switch to being on the other side you you learn um not only to handle the projects and the budgets and what have you but also you learn to appreciate that the people who are working on the other side as agencies are putting their hearts and souls into this. And you basically try to make it um, as easy and manageable for them as possible so they actually can be comfortable. So, yeah. Got it. Let's start, I would say. Like the first question for you, Knife, would be like the word metaverse. It's a, it's, it's a buzzword. Everyone is using it. Every company is like defining it the way it suits them perfectly. Uh, what is for you the metaverse? Like, could you define it for us? So, you know, I have actually read my, my, share fair, my fair share of uh, articles on this and I've experienced some things online, obviously. Um, for me, when I started, I was very confused on what that would be. Uh, the more I read about it, and I'm currently doing um, an executive MBA, right, with, with the HCC Paris. And one of the discussions was in class with the professors and all the great professionals and executive uh, people that I, I discussed this with. Was like, what is the metaverse? This is something that's going to actually happen, right? And it's, it's, you see people on different sides of the aisle thinking, oh, this is completely, you know, bullocks and completely, you know, not going to work out. And some people believe in it and it's the future, right? So, and what Facebook or Meta now had basically proposed, uh, we've all seen online, what Snoop Dogg is doing, building all these mansions and creating all these blocks and stuff and people buying them. I see the metaverse, honestly, is, is, the, is the future. 
the metaverse is a place where we not only like live digital, we're not gonna live in a digital space, obviously. I'm not gonna put that big headset on my face. And basically, I think the more technology evolves, the better we understand metaverse. Because metaverse to me, to answer your question, is going to metaverse. Um, you know, while somebody uh, is sitting here with us as a, as a third person would be like me and him or her in the physical space, but we're all also in the metaverse putting our equipment on, talking to you as an avatar. Um, and then we're literally in the same room, the same building, having the discussion. And it's that marriage between reality and um, virtuality, if you like, and physicality, yeah. and that basically brings, brings it together. That's what metaverse is to me. It's not the digital space completely that we're all going to be mm -hmm. avatars eating digital bananas or, uh, <laughs> or actually, um, you know, just uh, it fading away. It is the future. It's here to stay. And it's great. There's so many so many tools that would come up from the metaverse that I can see for marketing, for business, for real estate. I mean, we can go on and on and on, but in my mind, it is the future. It's not there yet. It's going to take some time. So uh, like recently, I read an article that Dubai is now doubling down on their metaverse, on their web free approach. You are in Doha, you are in the Middle East. Of course, you are working for a very big brand. You have a lot of responsibilities and you're very active in this space. How do you see, like, how is Middle East, especially the UAE, Doha, Qatar, Bahrain, how are they approaching Web3 and Metaverse? Um, in the Middle East, every country is on its own path. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are really progressive and have basically uh, made a commitment so far um, are mainly UAE and Bahrain from what I see. Mm -hmm. Qatar is still on the back end. They're still basically finding their, their space. They need to like come up with the right laws. Um, they do have a big year here. I think they're planning for the, also the World Cup. So that's basically maybe what's uh, top priority right now. Uh, but ev eventually, I think Qatar will catch up and will basically issue the, the right laws to be able to support, um, you know, whether it's crypto or mm -hmm. developing metaverse or maybe dealing with those. But um, in terms of what the UAE is doing, for example, I just learned a few days ago on Bloomberg that the UAE is opening its first hospital in the metaverse, right? And they have not only that, but the ministries and everyone is coming together to issue new um, NFTs. I personally bought an NFT that was issued by the UAE, um, uh, it was a, a post office. They issued yeah, digital... But yeah, so I, I bought a couple of like, um, it was their 25th anniversary or something. And I'm like, yeah, why not? It could be like part of the future. So as you can see from a governmental perspective, they're pushing ahead. And then I know with Bahrain, they had some great collaborations with huge, um, you know, exchanges, right? So they're, they're having those talks in cryptocurrency and becoming more of a hub and their hopes in that. So the region is, is, is very much developing uh, and very, very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to catch up. But like, like I said in the beginning, some countries are maybe, maybe pushing for this agenda more than others. And I, I have no, no doubt in mind where Qatar and Saudi Arabia will be able to kind of also catch up. But now they're, they're having maybe their own thoughts and discussion before they, they jump to this space, um, you know, fully. Do you see Dubai becoming like the number one country when it comes to Web3 and Metaverse? 
especially because like they have the they have the money and they put the money in in regards to the other countries they definitely can be a hub mm -hmm. um i i see them like in their agenda in their minds they're very vision they're they're, mm -hmm. they're super visionary right in everything that they've they've done we've, we've all heard about dubai and what they do um and they have this 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 touch and this look into the the future in terms of vision mm -hmm. uh, from a leadership perspective, and that's very valuable. And I think they're they're doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. They're basically making it easier for creators, for companies, for anyone who wants to start in that space to be able to actually have that chance. And um, they're advocating for it. So what else do you need from a government, right? So and of course, like you said. The money is there, so that helps, right? To to yeah. maybe sponsor and uh, maybe like some partnerships and all of this stuff would help. Now, where are they now, and are they gonna be there in five, ten years time? If they keep pushing and they're doing all the right things, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Love, love it. The, love the new it. maybe Silicon Valley would be in Dubai. I don't know. <laughs> maybe um, the blockchain smart contracts. Obviously, these are not new things. They were invented like 15, 20 years ago, but it, it just starts now to keep on, keep out, keep on growing, uh, and it gets attention. Um, like NFTs, especially NFTs, are currently used from big brands in a small scale, for especially for like I would say marketing purposes and their for for the community. What would interest our audience, I guess, would be like, how do you see the development of, of NFTs? Like, where is it headed? Are we still gonna just use it for like I don't know for marketing purposes, or do you see brands using it for I don't know for accounting, for logistics, or for healthcare? I think NFTs, in a nutshell, to answer you, is the future. NFTs are here to stay. NFTs are gonna be the next big thing. People, whether they realize it or not, blockchain technology is not gonna go away. Maybe some aspects of it, whether it's cryptocurrency, some some tokens or whatever will die. Some NFT projects, I like to call them NFT companies because a project is essentially is a company, right? Yeah. It's trying to find its voice. Um, some of them will make it, some of them will not. We've all heard the, the resemblance or the metaphors of Web 2.0, where we had the Amazons, the Facebooks, and the MySpaces. All, some of them came up and some of them died. The, the ones that made it became huge. And I think the same case will go for NFT companies um, or projects that would basically uh, make it. Some of them because of their history, like the punks, and some of them because of the operations that they do with like V-Friends. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're different, they're different uh, values. Now, whether what NFTs could be used for, I mean, ticketing, uh for events which we've already seen on multiple in multiple places in multiple occasions getting the physical and getting the utility mm -hmm. we call it right when you have a, when you have an nft that becomes um that creates some physical value it becomes a utility and we've seen that multiple times now um i have i have recently been in paris actually and um i was working on a project uh, through school actually uh, when i was studying for my executive MBA, and we we had the chance to sit down with uh, Disney Paris mm -hmm. and all their C-suite executives and the board. And uh, one of the projects we had to do is come up with, uh, you know, some something that has to do with uh, with with 
how they can make their Disney uh, experience better for their visitors. And we were in teams and of course, with a little bit of influence from my end, my team worked <laughs> on the NFT, on the NFT space. And what we offered um, to, to basically, it was a, something we need to work on within 24 hours and deliver like a, a presentation for the C-suite uh, and the board. And they would ask us questions on it. Anyways, in a nutshell, it was a, a creative idea of creating an NFT um, project for Disney within Disney Paris that um, is helpful for them to be able to divert traffic within the park. So do you know the Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. In the like the people follow. So, so it's it's not that, but it's basically Pokemon in NFTs. However, if let's say they know there's a congestion in somewhere in the park, they'd be able to, through the app, which they already have, basically uh, create a system where they basically divert people to different parts of the park to collect an NFT. And then once they get there, they can give them offers on like uh, maybe an ice cream shop that's next to it or uh, buying a gift. And they actually can collect profile data and stuff. So that was, I can go on and on, but this was the... This was the essence of the project to create an NFT space, and of course, it could be tiers and could be taken on from the time they arrive to the airport. They yeah. can start their journey collecting all the way till they leave the park. So it becomes a whole ecosystem. Um, some people on the board loved the idea. Some people were like, ah, "This is not going to work, right?" And it was amazing to see because you see people from different parts, even in those high end. Mm -hmm you know, board or C-suite, they, they just have completely opposite, opposite views about pop culture or whether this is going to be the future or not, which is so interesting. Um, so utilities of NFTs, like the example I just gave you, like directing people in different places and give them, giving them offer is a, is a great example of what Disney can do, for example. I know they're, they're on Vive and they have mm -hmm. already some NFT stuff, but uh, this is a completely uh, different case study. Um, and, and the list goes on, right? So hospitals, it could be, for many companies, you have different tiers to do marketing. If you have a golden tier, silver tier, a bronze tier, and you can have access to different services in different countries. I mean, the list goes on. Love it. I, but, I just, I just want yeah. to share my two cents on the thing you just said, that the blockchain is going to be the future. Like... NFTs, like many people just think that those are just JPEGs, that those are just apes. But in, in, a, in a much bigger picture, NFTs are just proof of concept for smart contracts. Like, like the thing, what makes the blockchain uh, like scalable or, or let's see, not scalable, but so that you can work on the blockchain and use it as business and as, as business cases, what makes blockchain usable are smart contracts and smart contracts are basically NFTs. And I think that the, the, the scale we see now, like all the projects just starting and launching, like, bes like, like besides that, if they are valuable or not, it's just proof of concept that NFTs are working, that smart concept contracts are working. And we're definitely going to see like some serious in, uh, implementations of NFTs because I know like some countries, I guess it was Romania, they are they're starting using NFTs like officially for like official uh government documents to uh, hand, hand, hand them out because they can now uh, like like they have the blockchain for approval and all that stuff and it prevents like many bad things especially in Romania because I think there's a lot of like corruption 
and that just prevents that. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to share my two cents, but let's move on to the next question. Always on, on that point, yeah. just a quick one, because you, you bring a very good point. And what the blockchain, NFTs, the metaverse, whatever you want to call it, once we have more regulation, hopefully, and more governance, which is coming, yeah. um, and it will be part of like the, the revolution and the evolution of this, of this technology. Um, but going back to its essence, what it, it really gives us, you know, from a smart contracting perspective, it, it gives us three things in, in my view. One is transparency, mm -hmm. which is super important for a lot of the things that we do, whether it's on the banking and what the banks do. So transparency is a huge, and, and companies need to be more and more transparent as this technology becomes more available because everything will be discoverable on the blockchain if they actually adopt it, right? So transparency is key. And if a company is not willing to be transparent, it's not going to use blockchain. Um, so transparency is key. And then basically verify, not trust. So if you say to somebody, uh, trust me, I own this, they're not going to trust you anymore. They can just look it up and they verify, do you really own this or not? Because it's on the blockchain. And then last but not least, it's the decentralization of this whole thing. It's not centralized or governed by one entity like the central bank, for example, or uh, something like, it is actually a decentralized system and that is here to stay. So those three parts, transparency, verify, don't trust and decentralization um, are key, which by governments are gonna develop with time and they're gonna define the future. Love it, love it, love it. Um... Do you see Shell in Qatar especially using NFTs? Like, are they planning on maybe, I don't know, starting some awareness campaigns where they start using NFTs? Do you see the company using it? So Qatar Shell, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's part of the bigger, mm -hmm. you know, uh, global global Shell. And what Shell is doing on so many, so many levels, Ibrahim, um, you just go to the website in, in shell.com and search, you know, Shell and the blockchain or... Uh, the energy uh, transition and and Shell and how we're planning to basically bring on the new strategy which just came out which, which is called powering progress right mm -hmm. and there's net zero emissions there is shareholder value there's powering lives there is respecting nature and all in each one of those pillars um, there's a, there's a place for the, the the whether it's blockchain internet of things AI and all of these are huge projects within the company that they are working on. Um, blockchain specifically, have you heard about, um, let me see, Avilia? No. If not, so look it up. Go to avilia.com and it's a sustainable aviation fuel, mm -hmm. SAF it's called. And now what they're this is one of the solutions that Shell has been a part of to decarbonize the aviation sector. Um, and then... In, in, of course, in collaboration with Accenture, um, with a collaboration with uh, American Express and Web Energies, I think it's a foundation. So they're working on a system. They're not going to change the planes. They're not going to change the systems that, you know, your booking systems. They're actually going to change the way we're going to fuel the planes through, through a, and, then, and then track that through a completely blockchain uh, uh, system. So uh, 
there's a lot that's happening in that space and I can go on and on, but honestly, at this point, um, you know, Qatar Shell specific, I don't see anything that's very specific to Qatar Shell. Got it. Uh, let's see someone in the audience. They want to start an NFT project, which is like just for the Middle East or just for Qatar. Like obviously, like every country and every like person of the countries, they have like different key triggers. Like some may more emotional, some may more logical. Uh, like how is it in Qatar when if, if someone in the audience or let's say a brand wants to start a specific project, like a specific NFT project for just Qatar or Middle East, like how should they do it? Um, if, for example, I've been speaking to my wife recently and she, she, she draws, right? And I'm like, you know, let's do a few drawings, take pictures of them and, you know, put them on the blockchain and, you know, create your own mini NFT projects, even if it's three or five pictures. Um, she's been, you know, skeptical about the whole thing. And of course I cannot convince my wife to do much, but, uh, she, she runs, she runs the show. But, uh, I think if, if we were going to go ahead, it's very simple. Like, honestly, you don't need uh, a lot of tools to create an NFT and put it on OpenSea, for example. You just basically uh, make the art you want to make, whether it's, you know, a picture, whether it's a drawing, whether it's a piece of music. And then basically you, you, you digitalize that. If it's a drawing, you take a picture of it and make it, make it very high resolution and nice. And then basically you fix it and you go and sign up for OpenSea and you upload your stuff and you choose which, you know, uh, ecosystem you want to use Solana, Ethereum, whatever they they, they have, and um, and then you just set up your own NFT project and give it. And of course, what NFT? I mean, it's it's the value from NFTs, in my opinion, is creating communities, and it's creating that that support around you know being able to be discovered as an artist and being out there, and somebody sees it wow, that looks nice, who's this artist? And if somebody influential sees it and decides to buy it, then you are actually known just like that, which is something that social media had offered. But then NFT would be even more. So yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very simple, just like anywhere else. You could do, do that on OpenSea, sign up and, and have your NFT project. I totally agree. Um, what we are doing, like as an agency, when we're advising like brands, when they want to start an NFT project, we always say like, your vision and mission, like the strate strategic part of your project has to be like a stone, but your approach has to be like water. Because if your approach is like water, you can adapt because like every country is different, you know, like you, I, I may be wrong, but I, I think the way you market in Austria or like in Europe is completely different how you market in the Middle East or how you market in China or how you market in USA. Like we always say that your vision and mission needs to be like 100% like, like a stone, it can change. But when it comes to approach, like getting to those people and spreading the word, you have to be flexible because like every country has different key, key triggers. Like, especially I'm, I'm from Turkey. And like, like, I know like my guys, my people, they're very emotional and they always have like, let's say um, they don't need a lot of trust factors to buy in on a project. Like, but here in Germany or in Austria, it's like they really research the company, they research the CEO, they research the team, like who are they, can they deliver, do they have the experience for that? But when you go to Turkey, it's like, what do I get? Hey, if, if you buy the NFT project, 
maybe you can sell it for like two or three times or you get an access for this and then maybe they look up who is that guy and that's it and they, they would buy and uh yeah i just wanted to add that your vision and mission and strategic approach should be like a stone and your approach like a water let's come to the next Excellent. let's come to the next question obviously you work in like different states um, and you have a lot of experiences when it comes to marketing how should someone market in Qatar? like is like like i mentioned like the the, the people are different in like they have a different mentality in different countries like if, if someone wants to market in Qatar, how should they approach it are there some like triggers that they should be aware of because i saw like on a lot of websites in Qatar, especially like women like when, when you go on the websites there are only women with scarves you know is that maybe a thing brands have to be aware of when marketing I think like any 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 conservative, I mean not I mean any it's a cultural and of course religion thing where a scarf it's a choice. But then marketing to me is adding value. Right? How can you add value to whoever is your customer, whether they're wearing scarf, whether they're wearing a turban, whether their skin is yellow, black, red, green, whatever it is, at the end of the day, marketing is about offering value. If you can offer value and make that value worthwhile their time, they will be interested at least to listen to you. And if you can convince them enough, maybe they can become your customer. Now, of course, there's, like you said, the stone and the water, you need to have the very, very concrete vision. You need to understand what your KPIs are, what your target audience is, what are you trying to approach and what are you trying to achieve? Um, once you define those and have those as your stone, then the water comes in, for example, you add a little bit of a target audience from here, you examine with that, you maybe choose another channel like TikTok, for example, or Snapchat that is famous in, in Doha, right? But it's mm -hmm. not so much in somewhere else. Um, so in China it would be WeChat. So that's the water part where you can actually play around with this with the, with the strategy and, and the how. But then your, your vision, your, your why needs to be that stone. You, which you mentioned needs to be very clear. So how to market in Qatar and whether people have different um, preferences. Mm -hmm. um, I think, of course, you need to take that into consideration. Like any good marketing research needs to be done. You need to understand the culture, who you're speaking to, and create that right um, communication style. Uh, because like you said, communication in China will not work communication. Well, it's not going to be the same communication style, even for the same companies. If you talk to Pepsi, you know, they're doing completely different strategy in talking to people in China than it is in the States, you know, night and day. So you just have to accommodate those strategies. But with always going back to your why as your stone and making sure you're actually checking with that and making sure your values are, are very concrete. Um, same thing in everyone. Yeah. I just read that you are also on the board of FIFA um, for the World Cup this year in Doha. And I'm just curious, like, is FIFA going to use NFTs as tickets? Like, are they thinking about that, about using NFTs? Um, yeah, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, it's, it's in the works. I'm mm -hmm. sure they're thinking about it, but nothing's going to materialize uh, in the NFT space, uh, probably uh, as ticketing for the FIFA 2022. Mm -hmm. 
maybe uh, maybe in the, like you said, I believe it will be the future. So yes, I foresee maybe that in the yeah. in the coming years to become a reality. But right now, hey, maybe we'll attend the final in the metaverse one day, right? Like Who knows, in, yeah. in 10, 15 years, we'll be like the final FIFA. You just have the headset on and you're actually in the stadium watching the game as it happens while you're just in the metaverse, you're in the stadium as well. So that could be a reality. From my point of view, it would make total sense if like, I think the World Cup, there's like limited quantity on persons that can attend, right? Like, I, I guess that's only like 10,000 people that can attend the uh, stadium. And I think if you have like a pull up, like a proof of attendance protocol, or if, if you have the tickets as NFTs, you can perfectly use it for a time when there is not a lot of brand awareness for FIFA. Let's say, I'm just guessing, let's say that the summertime for FIFA is a time where they don't have a lot of brand awareness because like everyone is outside and they're not playing the game or what else. What you can do is when you have like those pull-ups or these NFTs that you gave us tickets like one year earlier or, or, or the last event, you can perfectly use it and start a campaign for that time where you don't have a lot of brand awareness and then it's just upside and then I think you can perfectly use it. Uh, and I'm really curious if they're going to use uh, NFTs in the next years. Like, you know, what? like the pull-up you mentioned, like imagine you uh, get a ticket that is an NFT for, um, I don't know, that like court, semi-quarter quarter finals. Because mm -hmm. if you buy it early enough, you don't know who, who those yeah. teams are, right? And if by chance you have that co-op and it becomes this, this game where, you know, Argentina and Brazil are playing and, you know, they score eight goals or something, right? Yeah. It becomes this legend, this game that is crazy. And you own this co-op for this. You know, if you're physically there, like, you know, you attended this game, you only have your pictures, your social media uh, posts that you're very proud of, but you cannot monetize that. Yeah. However, if you are an NFT holder of this game or have a POAP for it, you can hold this for history. And then 10 years from now, you know, like the legendary games that were played in 2008 between, I forget, like, was it the final Argentina and Germany, I think. And they scored this, this amazing goal. And if I had the POAP for this, I'd probably be rich by now. <laughs> like I can sell this for real money. And, and that's the beauty of it, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just the opportunity it yeah, presents yeah. and I, that could be tracked to me only me because of the transparency and the blockchain i know i am the owner of it i'm not faking this because it's on the blockchain and i can yeah. prove that also like it makes financially sense for fifa because like i'm not a big soccer fan but the thing is like some people are just uh, buying the tickets and then they're selling on the second market and the thing is like fifa isn't benefiting from that and like, just imagine that all tickets this year are going to be NFTs. And if some people want to sell it, like obviously FIFA is going to like have financial upsides because they're involved with royalties on every NFT. Uh, my last question for you, Naif, uh, is, is there a question you would, you wished I would have asked you? Um... I mean, honestly, I, the, 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 the thing I mentioned earlier, I think it was something that really is around the value um, and then what NFTs and the blockchain and all of it mean, right? So I wish, 
maybe you asked me whether this is going to be safe for our kids. Mm -hmm. I am a dad, I have a daughter. So this is going to be something that we need to worry about as, mm -hmm. you know, the older, if you like, generation or um, what have you. And I, I say, um, I say this, like to all, to all, it's something probably you've heard before, to all the people who are like afraid of using NFT or putting money into Bitcoin or Ethereum, uh, I remember the days, I don't know if you do it, Brian, you seem very, very young, but I remember the day where basically we had to input our credit cards into the web point 2.0, like to, to buy something online, e-commerce. Oh, don't do it because they're going to steal your credit card information and all. It was very scary times. And yes, the, the technology maybe wasn't there, yet, but now it's mainstream. You just have double clicks on your phone, you're paying with your Apple Pay and it's become that very advanced. And I think that's what's going to happen in the NFT. Now people are afraid of buying Ethereum or Solana or maybe making a transaction online in that Web 3.0 dark space, they call it maybe sometimes. But hey, you have to acknowledge that we're going probably through something similar, that same phase. Yes, you have to be extra careful. You have to do your due diligence, but then you have to be part of the game. And the future, the kids, will it will be much much safer for them to be able to use this technology hopefully but you know why not play around and be part of this journey while it's happening and um, you know see where it takes you perfect guys that's it for the episode with Naif um, Naif I really appreciate your time and you being on the podcast um, guys make sure to follow leave a subscribe and share this podcast and we will see you in another episode <laughs>